Open your Bibles with me, if you would, this morning to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Very familiar scripture probably to most of you. Verse 23. Thank you, Lord. You probably found it. I just haven't got there yet. It's before Timothy, but these pages are sticking together. There we go. Thank you, Lord. Notice Paul writes here in the very God of peace. Notice something right off the bat. Look what he is. He's a God of peace. If you don't have any peace today, you can have peace today. He's already purchased it for you and for me. He is the God of peace. And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I pray, God, that your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless under the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, this is a foundational scripture that we have to be aware of. I think most of you are. But notice here, we are a three-part being. Most people don't understand it, at least people outside of, uh, I guess you could say, the word of faith or the, the gospel message. They don't understand that they're a three-part being. They don't understand that they are a spirit. They have a soul, which is your mind, intellect, world, and emotions, and you live in a physical body. So we got to deal with all three parts. Now, of course, the Lord Jesus Christ, praise God, he went ahead and took care of the spiritual side for us. Amen? He died for us. When we accepted him, we become new creatures in Christ Jesus. Behold, old, all things have passed away. Old things have passed away. All things. What? All things have become new. So meaning we're a brand new creature in Christ Jesus. Our spirit has been recreated or born again. We don't understand it, but that's what the Bible says, so we accept it, we believe it, we act on it. But we've been born again, new creatures in Christ Jesus. But notice, that's the spiritual side. The other two sides, which is the soul and the body, are our responsibility. We have to do something with those two. So we want to take a look at that starting today, looking at some things along those lines. In fact, go with me a minute to 1 Corinthians 1 Corinthians chapter 9, 1 Corinthians chapter 9, beginning at verse 24. Now notice something, when in a lot of Paul's writings, in fact, most of his writings, when Paul refers to we or he refers to I, generally, and you can use it pretty much, and you can tell from the context of the scriptures, but generally, he's talking from the spiritual standpoint. That's where he's talking from. Notice here in verse 24, 1 Corinthians chapter 9, beginning at verse 24. Know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receives the prize? So run that you may obtain. And every man that strives for the mastery is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. I there so for run, not as uncertainly, so fight I not as one that beats the air. Look at verse 27. But I keep under my body and bring it into subjection, lest by any means when I preach to others I myself should be a castaway. Now notice something here in verse 27. Paul is saying, I keep under my body. He's not talking about the body keeping under the body. He's talking I, the real man, the spiritual man, Paul. He's saying, I, the spirit man, keep under my body or keep my body under. What he's saying? He's saying, I control what my body does. Now, you're not going to be able to do that if you don't have your mind renewed to what the Word of God has to say. First of all, if you don't know a, that you are a spirit, there's no way you're going to be able to keep your body under. Most people just think that they're a body. 
They just go around in life and they live in this body and they're totally led by their body. Think about it. We all are to a point. Now, I like what Paul said here in the Scriptures right before this. He says, I'm temperate in all things. It means he doesn't go overboard on anything. He's always, the spirit man Paul, is always in control of what's taking place in his life. You know, the body rules us. So how many times have you had yourself thought about something? Well, your body says, I want that. I want to eat that. I want to watch that. I want to do that. Now, that's your body talking. Now, once you got born again, there might have been a time when you said, or your body said, or you felt on the inside, I want to eat that. I want to do that. I want to watch that. But yet on the inside, you knew, you know what? That that's not quite, that just doesn't quite seem right. There's a scratching down on the inside. It's trying to tell you, no, 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 don't do that anymore. Change from doing that. You used to do that, but now you're a new person in Christ Jesus. Don't do that anymore. What is that? That's your spirit trying to lead you. But see, if you don't have your mind renewed to the Word of God and what the Word has to say, then you'll push right on past that and you'll do it. And you'll even question sometimes after you've done it, you know, I didn't feel very good about that. But you don't understand it, so you go on. So we want to get you understanding the mind part of it. Ask yourself, I ask myself this every so often, what are you thinking? Right now, what are you thinking? You know, most of us don't think about what we're thinking. I don't know how many times, because I've tried to train myself into doing this, asking myself that question. B and I last Friday had to, to go into Virginia, up near Washington, D.C., and of course we're talking some and we're driving, and we went for, for, for a short while while we were just both kind of quiet. I'm driving down the road and I thought to myself, what am I thinking about? You know, when I analyzed that, I didn't like what I was thinking about. Because I was thinking about a problem. I was meditating on a problem. I should have been meditating on the solution to the problem. But see, if we don't know that, we won't do that. Even when we do know that, we have to struggle to be able to keep ourselves in control. See, you're a three-part being. So Paul is saying here, I, Paul, keep my body under. So that means for him to be able to have kept his body under, his soul and his spirit had to be in agreement. But unfortunately with most people, their soul and their body are in agreement and they override the things of the spirit. And again, generally because of a lack of knowledge. Now, if you were here last week, and you've heard this many, many times, but if you were here last week when Doug Jones was here, in fact, over, we won't read the scripture, but let's just go over to John uh, chapter uh, 14 a minute. John chapter 14, uh, verse 26, and John chapter 16, verse 13. Doug Jones taught this. We've taught this many times ourselves. Now notice here, there's actually four things. John 14, 26, John 16, 13. We're not going to read the two scriptures. But in John 14, 26, he tells us two things that the Holy Spirit will do for us how he's going to help us. And in John chapter 16, verse 13, we find two more things that he's going to help us with. But in John chapter 14, verse 26, he says, notice, he's going to teach you all things, and he's going to bring all things to your remembrance. He is the teacher. Now, God still, according to Ephesians chapter 4, did set some in the church, what we call the fivefold ministry, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, what? For the perfecting of the saints. Our responsibility of those in the fivefold ministry is to teach you so you can do the work of the ministry. But all day long, every day, 24-7, you still have on the inside of you the teacher. 
He's going to teach you all things. Now notice what else it says he's going to do. He says he's going to bring all things to your remembrance. Not just the things that you're hearing today. Things you've heard in the past from the Word of God. How many times yourself have you maybe been talking with someone, and as you're talking to them, you, you, just down on the inside, things start coming out where you begin witnessing with them, where you begin sharing with them some things, and sometimes you kind of think to yourself, well, I didn't know I knew that. Well, you've got the very mind of Christ, the Bible says. The one who authored the writing of the Scriptures is on the inside. He knows everything in this book. But we got to put it down in there. we got to put it up here. So it goes down in there. Notice what it says over in John chapter 16 then. Notice, He's going to guide you into all truth. He won't guide you into error. He'll guide you into truth. Have you ever gone ahead and made a decision on something, and really down on the inside you just had this note, you know what, this isn't a good idea. I remember years ago, uh, I was working for, for a utility, and, and uh, there was a couple of guys and myself, we'd been looking at, at starting a, a different business venture, going into a business. And man, it looked good. It looked real good. And we went ahead and we worked. We went ahead and formed up a corporation to get it all set up. came to the time that we all had to make investments. wasn't a lot. Uh, we all were going to start off with some initial seed of $5,000. And I remember B and I talking about it, and B said to me, I, I don't know if I feel good about that, if we should do that or not. And I, of course, thought I knew it all. You know how guys are. I was excited about this thing. And I said, no, I think we're supposed to do this. And uh, we continued to pray about it, and finally the day came, and I, I'll never forget, I can remember just as plain as can be, I remember exactly where, where I was standing, standing in our kitchen in a home in, in Mount Pleasant, Iowa, and I was writing out a check to the name of the new company for $5,000, and down here on the inside, I knew, don't write that check. But you know, I pushed right on past it, because it looked good on paper. Now, that corporation went on for almost four years. For four years, we struggled. Lost my $5,000. Fortunately, that's all I lost. But four years worth of labor, time, sweat, toil, everything else. Why? It wasn't the will of God. Now, ironically, we ended up selling the corporation. And years later, that product finally took off. But it was years and years and years down the road. But it wasn't supposed to be one I was supposed to be involved in, but I was involved in it. But see, there was a knowing. He was trying to show me, don't make that decision. Don't do that. But I overrode it. My body really overrode it. See, my body and my mind were thinking, this thing is good. Spirit man down on the inside was saying, don't do it. Now, that was only a $5,000 investment. That was not a life and death decision. But you know what? It could have been a life and death decision. See, and he'll teach us in these little things. I think I shared with you the story about buying the orange rocking chair one day, the recliner. Went into a store, and B and I were buying some furniture. I sat in this big orange recliner, and I pushed her all, pulled that lever back, and my feet went up. And man, was it comfortable. And I said to B, I'm buying this. She says, you're not buying that. She, said, she, first, she didn't like the color. I mean, it was bright orange. Didn't go with anything else we had. But I liked it. Had the money for it. I bought it. Knew on the inside not to buy it. Every, I'll never, every time I'd sit in that orange rocker and pull it back in the store, I had this great feeling every time in this chair, it was like nausea came over me. I just knew I should not be in this chair. 
Well, it was about six months that God ended up calling us to go to Bible school, and, and we had an auction and sold about half of our possessions when we left, and guess what was the first thing on that auction? And I lost money on it, but I got rid of it. But again, see, he'll use little things like that, and it's funny, we laugh about it, and that's okay. But he'll use things like that to teach us that he's going, he wants to be in control. He wants to lead us. See, he cares about the small things. I remember years ago when I was learning to, to walk by faith, I heard someone say, well, you know, one of the things, you always need to be believing God for something all the time. And the person says, well, just learn how to believe him for a parking place when you go uptown. And, you know, I started doing it. And it is a surprise. It works. But it's the, he cares about the little things. I remember one time, B and I, we were doing some shopping, and, and uh, the time was getting short. We had a meeting coming up that we had to be to, and we wanted, needed to make one more stop. And we were, we were driving on toward the meeting, and B says, I think we've got time to do it. And I says, okay, let's just believe God then that, that everything will work out just right. Well, we found a parking place real close, went into the store, there was a counter open, bought it, paid for it, and left, and we were out of there in a matter of minutes. And again, just directed by the Holy Ghost. You can do that. We need to do that. Now, we're talking about healing. He's going to lead you into healing. I don't know if some of you may have heard of him. There's a doctor. He teaches a lot on healing, does a lot in the area of healing. It's called Dr. Cherry, Reginald Cherry out of, out of, out of Texas. But he's got a little phrase in his ministry or, or his, his practice. It's called pathway to healing. I've always liked that. There's a pathway to healing for every one of us. And that doesn't mean that you shouldn't use, use, use medical science. Now, the word always works. But sometimes you may have to because of where your level of faith is. See, we're a society that's gotten to learn how to depend on doctors and medicine. That's just the way that it is. Let's be honest about it. Now, if you were over in some third world country someplace and didn't have access to doctors, didn't have access to medication, they've learned how to believe this and for the gifts of the Spirit to be in manifestation. And he accommodates them. Pastor Chris seen that when he went to Africa. Gifts of the Spirit in, in manifestation all the time. But you know what? They're ignorant of the Word. They don't know how to obtain it by the Word. They haven't been taught the Word. We're a society, especially people that, that have come to this church for, for any season and others like us. We have so much knowledge of the Word, we haven't put the Word or the knowledge that we have into practice. We haven't been doers of the Word to the extent that we need to be. And see, unfortunately, God's not going to give us any more if we don't use what he's already given us. He expects us to use what we've got. And if we'll begin doing that, we'll begin seeing more results. In fact, I'm of the opinion we'll begin seeing results almost like this. They'll just begin to happen. You know, Keith Moore, one of the things that he talked about, I know probably most of you were here, but if you weren't here, you need to download it. You can get off the church website. And if you're not a big listener of the Word, I know some people have a problem listening to two and a half hours worth of teaching in one setting. But if nothing else, at least download lesson number three or Wednesday night service. At least download that one. You need the first two, but download that one. That one talks about honesty and lying. And every one of you in here are liars. Oh, that was bad, wasn't it? <laughs> but you know, I really started evaluating things after that meeting. I said, oh, Lord God, I had to hang my head. My toes, I tell you, they were all bruised and stepped on and everything else. But glory to God, he healed them for me. You know, right after that meeting, it's kind of funny. Right after that meeting, in fact, just the following morning, in fact, during the meeting, there was a missionary here that I know real well, and there was another minister here. 
that I just actually just met. And, and I know his senior pastor real well. In fact, they're in the, in the position where they're starting a Bible school like what we have here. And I talked with him. On, in fact, he had sent me an email before he ever came. And we'd communicated back and forth that he was just wanting some information how we set up the Bible school, some things that we did and so forth. And I told him when he was here, when I first met him on Monday, well, I'll give you some materials that will help you, I think, at least get you started, and then I can give you more stuff later. Well, Wednesday night service, they hadn't ended up leaving early, which I wasn't aware that they were going to, but so they weren't here for the Wednesday night service. But I had a bunch of materials that I was going to give to him. And now also there was a missionary that was here. He's um, a missionary to Singapore, uh, is the dean over the Bible school and the director of the Bible school in Singapore. And he was telling me that they were going to be doing a new class this next year, and he was going to have to develop a syllabus and a teaching on it. And he told me what the name of the class was. And I says, well, you know, in our Bible school, we've got that class. And I says, I'll give you our notes, our syllabus, a copy of it. Maybe it'll at least give you a place to start, or maybe it'll aid you in some way to be able to help you write this syllabus. So I had uh, my, my assistant, Sarah Weaver, who works with me, get me those two things together so I could give them to these two gentlemen. I never told them it was for two separate people. I just said, get this stuff together because I've got to give it to, to these people or to some people. Well, on Thursday morning, in fact, the missionary was here Wednesday night, so I handed him the materials. Well, on Thursday morning, I, I laid the stuff on her desk and I said, would you please mail this stuff to this gentleman? He wasn't here last night. She comes to my office and she says, um, the syllabus and the book that goes with the syllabus weren't in the packet. What would you do with that so I can mail it to this guy? So, said, well, that, that book and that syllabus was for somebody else. I says, now, I left out a little part. When I talked about the syllabus, also had a book. Well, when she gave me the book, I knew he already had that book. I thought it was a different book, so I knew we already had I didn't give him the book. I just gave him the syllabus. So when she asked me about the book and the syllabus, here's how I answered her. No, that was for the missionary. I gave that to him. Oh, she said, and she walked away. I lied to her. I didn't give him the syllabus and the book. I gave him the syllabus. I put the book back on the shelf. Small little thing. Unintentional. Didn't hurt a thing. But it wasn't total honesty. So I said to her a few moments later, Oh, uh, by the way, I didn't give him the book. Just gave him the syllabus. She says, Oh, turn around and walk away. See, she didn't think anything of it. That's what he's teaching about is being totally honest with yourself. Totally honest with yourself. See, the Holy Ghost, He'll help us on these things if we ask Him. He will. He will. I mean, every day since then, little something. I'll say something, he'll, just like that, He'll arrest me. He'll bring something. Nope, that wasn't right. The other night. B, B usually goes to bed a little bit earlier than I do. I usually stay up later than she does. And sometimes I turn on the TV at night after she goes to bed. And I watch Hannity and Combs, and sometimes I put a, a DVD in, just different things that, that I might do. Well, that particular night, it was on Thursday night after the meetings, and I had the control of the TV laying beside me, or sitting beside me on the, uh, on, on the table beside me. And she's getting ready to go to bed, and she says to me, you don't need the control, do you, because you're not going to watch TV tonight. You know what I said to her? No, I don't need the control. You know why I said that? I had it. And I was planning on watching TV. So she starts walking away and says, B, come back here! She says, what? And I says, I don't need the control. I got it. And yes, I'm going to watch TV. She just laughed and walked away. <laughs> Little things. But you know what? They make the difference in everything when we get into spiritual things. 
See, we want to be so dead honest with ourselves that he'll trust us. He can trust us with anything, no matter what he tells Now, there'll be many times that as you get to walking with him, he'll start telling you things. He might tell you things about people when you're in prayer. You know why he told you? So you can pray for him, not that you can talk about it. If he tells you something, you don't share that with someone else unless he releases you to share that with somebody. You know, I've even seen sometimes, even in teaching, he'll show me something in the Scriptures or something he almost sometimes may be in studying. He'll, he'll give me a word about something. And when I'm teaching, I'm released maybe to share a portion of it, but not all of it. Have you ever had someone, when they're teaching on something, and you think, I heard that story before, but as they get to telling the story, there's more details the next time around. And you're thinking, now I wonder why that was. Well, when he was teaching before, he might have been teaching about something else, and you just needed that little portion. But this time, maybe you needed more context of what was really taking place. See, he's going to lead you into all truth. Notice also what he does in John 16. He'll guide you into all truth, and notice, and he'll show you things to come. Oh, that's a good one. He will. He will show you things to come. You know, the Scriptures tell us that in over in Romans chapter 11, ministers need this, but really all people need this. Romans chapter 11, verse 29, the Scriptures tell us that the gifts and callings of God are given without repentance. It really says they're, they're irrevocable is what the Amplified says. So when God's gifted you, for, and every one of us has got a call on our lives, every one of us. Some people it's five-fold ministry, some it's other things, but every individual, in fact, you're looking at me kind of funny. Go with me to Acts now we're going to come back to 1 Corinthians. I wasn't going to go this way. Go over to Acts chapter 17. Acts chapter 17. I'll tell you, you get this scripture here in Acts 17, 26, 27, and 28 down on the inside of you, it'll change your life. It'll change your life if you get this down on the inside of you. Look at verse 26 and hath made of one blood all nations of men. Now notice, made of one blood of all nations. What is, I like what the Amplified says. He made from one common origin, one source, one blood, all nations of men. What's he saying? We all came out of Adam and Eve. So it doesn't make any difference what your race is. We've all got the same blood. It came originally out of Adam and Eve. That's why God's not a respecter of persons. He doesn't look at color. He doesn't look at nationality. We all came from the same source. Let's go on here. One blood of all nations of men for to dwell on the face of the earth and has determined the times before appointed and the bounds of their habitation. Listen to this out of the Amplified. And he made from one common origin, one source, one blood, all nations of men, to settle on the first face of the earth, having definitely determined their allotted periods of time and the fixed boundaries of their habitation, their settlements, and their lands, and their abodes. What's he saying? Every one of us were created by him to be placed on this earth at a certain time and to live in a certain place for a specific purpose. That's why you're here in 2010 and fortunate enough to live in the United States. He chose that before the foundations of the world. He chose you to live here now, and you're here for a reason. Now notice what the next verse says. So that, so you're here, specific time in life, in a specific location, so that they should seek God 
in the hope they might feel after him and find him, although he is not far from each of us. What's he saying he's not far from each of us? He lives in you. He's not very far away. He's just down on the inside. The deep things belong unto him. The secret things belong unto him. You and I got to search those things out. We got to find out what those things are. Look what the next verse says. For in him we live and move and have our being, as even some of your own poets have said, for we are also his offspring. Notice, for in him we live and move and have our being, not in yourself. You don't live and move and have your being in yourself. You live and move and have your being in him. He's the one that decided you should be here. He's the one who's got a plan for you. He's the one that's got a purpose for you. So see, the gifts and callings of God are given out repentance. They're not revocable. But remember what Paul said over there in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 27. He says, I put my body under, and he goes on and says, or else unless I should be a castaway or disapprove myself. See, his callings are given without repentance. His callings are not revocable. But you can disqualify yourself in what God's called you to do. And God forbid if you do, but if you do, then find out about it, repent, and get, get your act together, and, and he'll restore you. may not be exactly the same place, but he will restore you. But see, I'm saying all of that so that we can learn to listen to his voice, to be led by his spirit, to have control and authority over our body so we don't become disqualified. There's a lot of people that are walking in sickness and disease because they haven't, they haven't uh, uh, taken care of their body the way that they need to take care of their body. There's a lot of people that are walking in sickness and disease today because they haven't listened to that inward witness on the inside. They've disobeyed the promptings of the Holy Ghost and, done, and violated some things which has caused them to walk in sickness and disease. There's people here today, God forbid, but there are. There are people, not, not in here necessarily, but there are people on this earth today. In fact, my brother-in-law is one of them who have gone ahead and eaten more than they should eat and eaten the wrong things, and now they're dealing with diabetes in their bodies because they're overweight. Losing weight's not an easy thing. A lot of people think it is. Yeah, it's not. It sounds like a bad confession, but not just to be honest with you. It requires discipline in the body. I heard a gentleman not too long ago, and it was so true, and he could think speak from experience because he lost over 30 pounds. There's one answer, he says, to losing weight, how much food you put in your mouth. And right or wrong, he is, like it or not, he's right. He really is right. You know why most people that go on a diet won't lose weight? You're going to be surprised at the answer. They're not honest with themselves. They're not honest with themselves about what they're eating. They'll cheat. I know, I've done it. I'm speaking from truth here. They know they shouldn't eat something, but they'll cheat something. What is that? See, nobody else knew about it, but he knew about it. But really, you knew about it. And it's back to honesty. And why do we cheat? Because the body wanted it. So what's the answer to overcoming the body? Renewing of the mind. That is the answer to overcoming the body. Because your spirit's already been created in his image and his likeness. We've already seen from John, he's going to lead us into all truth. He's going to guide us. He's going to bring things in, in our remembrance. He is our helper. He is there to help us, and he lives down on the inside of us. So we can do this. Every one of us can do this. 
but we're going to have to get our minds renewed to what the Word of God says. That's the element. The soulish part is the element that the body of Christ has got to work on in, in a more stricter part than what we ever have in the past. Look at Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. These are, these are things that you've heard before. But you've eaten before too, right? I mean, you had breakfast probably this morning, should have anyway. You probably had breakfast yesterday and the day before that and the day before that. So we'll just have breakfast again, okay? Or snack, whatever you want to call it. But we're going to make this be meat. Notice what Paul says here. I says, he says, now again, notice Paul says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, he's talking to the church, by the mercies of God, now notice, that you present your, your bodies a living sacrifice. Notice who has to do this. Now notice, you present your body. So who is the you he's talking about? The spirit man. The spirit man. You, the spirit man. Craig, you, the spirit man, Craig, you present your body. I, Craig, have got to present my body to him as a living sacrifice. See, this is real worship. What we did here was good. But that's not true worship. True worship is when I give my body as a living sacrifice. You know that when Abraham went up on that mountain and he took Isaac with him to sacrifice Isaac? That was true worship. He was laying down his son. That was true worship to God. True worship to God for you and me is when we put our body under. When we present our body as a living sacrifice. And of course, the best example I can give of that, you did it this morning. This room should have a hundred people in it. We should be in the sanctuary. I know a lot of people work, but not that many. A lot of people work night shifts. In fact, there's one individual I've been trying to come here. He said, I just can't get up in the morning to get there, Pastor Craig. And I'm thinking, nine o'clock, you could be on the road. It's not that far. Nine o'clock, you can't be out of bed by nine o'clock. What's wrong with you? Don't say that, but that's what I think. But listen to what he said. I can't get up. Why? His body's ruling. Until he makes the decision to renew his mind to what the Word says and begin acting on that Word, he, if his body's ruling him in that area, that regard, his body's ruling him in every regard. Our health has more to do with sickness and disease than anything else, to be totally honest with you. What we eat, what we allow, I'm not getting all the, the organic foods and all that. I'm not going there. But what we do with these bodies, what we eat, how much we eat, when we eat, the foods that we eat, all of that has more to do with healing than probably what we realize. And again, it's because the body's been wanting to control us. Notice what Paul says. Let's go on here. So first of all, you're going to present your body a living sacrifice. You did that this morning. And be not conformed to this world. Like what the Amplified says, do not be conformed to this world, fashioned after and adapted to its external, superficial customs, but be formed, transformed or changed, notice, by the entire renewal of your mind. See, that's in every area. Not just healing. Renew your mind as far as healing is concerned. Renew your mind as far as walking in love is concerned. Renew your mind as far as what the Scriptures have to say about the fruit of the Spirit. Renew your mind what the Scriptures have to say about relationships and marriage and, and etc. What, what, what the Scriptures has to say about money. He's talking here about the entire renewal of your mind. Now, you can't do that overnight. 
But you know what? You have a helper on the inside. If you'll just get out your Bible and just read a portions of scriptures every day. It doesn't have to be a lot. Maybe even three or four scriptures or a chapter a day. But get yourself into the Word. God's Word is God talking to you. Now, when you read that, don't see how many chapters you can read or how many books of the Bible you can read. No, just read slowly, but think about what you're reading. And try to take what you're reading and, and visualize yourself in that setting. Just take the scriptures that we read where Paul talked about in, in, in uh, Acts chapter 17 there. About I'm here at this place, at this habitation today, 2010, right here in Cranberry Township. And then he goes on and says, though, because I'm here, I have to seek him, so I'm going to seek him. But I'm going to live and move in him, in him, in Christ, or directed by his spirit. I'm going to live and move and have my being. So I can be sitting there in the morning reading that scripture and thinking, now, Lord, where, where am I to go today? Now, sure, you've got a job. You've got things you have to do. He knows that. But maybe your way to work today might be a different direction. Or maybe there's an errand that, that he'll, he'll impress upon you to run. And because you run the errand, you'll run across somebody's path and end up ministering to someone or talking to someone or giving someone a word of encouragement. But see, it's being you totally yielded over to him, being led, directed by the Spirit of God. What's he going to do? He's going to lead you into all truth. That's what he's going to do. Oh, we've got to get an, a revelation of how much he's here to help us. I mean, it's like a little magnet down on the inside of us. He just will take us and go wherever he wants us to go. And we want to be led by him in everything that we do. See, it tells us over Romans chapter 8, it says that our spirit, notice, our spirit bears witness with his spirit. It goes on and says, they are the sons of God, those that are led by the spirit of God. You know, you can change that. Those that are led by the spirit of God are the sons and daughters of God. Take the way it fits you best. If you're led by the Spirit, glory to God, you're a son and daughter of God. If you're a son and daughter of God, then begin to say, I'm led by His Spirit. Because that's what the Scriptures say. Just like, you know, the Scriptures say, my sheep hear my voice. You say, well, I don't hear His voice. Yeah, you do. The Bible says you do. You're just not listening. And see, in, in that few minutes that you take in the morning, or whatever you do to read the Scriptures, just be quiet. Read a little bit and then be quiet. Listen down on the inside. Don't do all the talking. Let him do some of the talking. When you get into praise and worship, when you come in here, when you're driving your car, yeah, think about what you're thinking about. But sometimes you start thinking on him. I, I try to visualize this. Spirit of God's down here on the inside. He's not going to communicate from me out here. He's going to communicate from me down here. That's where he's going to communicate from me from. So when a thought comes to me, and thoughts come to every one of us, Thoughts come from out here. Thoughts come from the devil. But thoughts also can come from within, which is the Holy Ghost. And that's actually how he does talk to you. He doesn't talk to you in, 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 in verse, uh, words, per se, that you're going to hear with these ears. You're going to hear it on the inside. And listen to what he said. Remember, we read or, or quoted the Scripture to you. His Spirit bears witness. It's a bearing witness. Uh, Paul said over, I think, in... Uh, well, Luke said it. Paul also said it. But Luke said it in Luke chapter 1 when he was talking to Theophilus about writing the book of Luke. He said, it seemed good to me to do this. Luke wasn't told by God, write the book of Luke. No, the Holy Spirit prompted him to write the book of Luke so we would have it. He also wrote the book of Acts. But he says in that first verse, I think it's verse 4 or 5, when he's talking to Theopolis, 
Paul says, it seemed good for me to do this. Now that's the Spirit of God bearing witness with Luke's Spirit. That's how it works. That's how it happens with us. So when a thought comes to me, I try to evaluate it. Did it come from out here someplace or did it come from within here? And as you train yourself, I'm not there yet. I'm still working. I'm learning like everybody else. We're all work in progress. To be honest with you, understand this. Nobody's going to arrive. And if they told you that they had, stay away from them because they haven't. There's only one perfect one. He's waiting for us. He's telling the Holy Ghost what needs to take place for us so he can lead us and guide us. Amen? But I try to evaluate. Did that come from within? And if it came from within, then I knew where it came from. It came from my spirit, but it was his spirit, the spirit of Christ, the spirit of the Holy Ghost, bearing witness with my spirit. And see, if I'm staying in prayer, if I'm staying in the word, then that leading, that prompting on the inside will always be a safe guide. See, that also can be referenced to, to the voice of God as being your conscience. Your conscience. Now, someone said years ago that for a born-again individual, conscience is always a safe guide. I believe that, but it's got to be for a person that's staying with the Word. I mean, you can have a, you can have a person that's born again and be a backslidden Christian. They're never going to hear nothing. But if you'll stay with this Word... If your motives are right, you're seeking after Him, your conscience will be a safe guide. And that's what will begin to teach you and to lead you into all truth. And He'll lead you in the morning time when you're studying. He'll lead you what you need to study. Getting back to the fact there's the entire renewal of the mind not going to happen overnight. So let Him every day lead you on what you should be listening to, lead you on what you should be meditating on, lead you on what you should be reading. He will lead you into all truth. See, He knows what you need three days from now. I don't. He knows what's going to take place next month. I don't. So you're going to have to be sensitive to the promptings on the inside because He's going to lead you into study on some things so He can prepare you for what's coming. And some of that stuff that's coming is not good. But it's coming, whether we like it or not. But He'll show you and me a way of escape from it. Doesn't mean we're going to have to go through some things because we are. In this life, Jesus himself said, in this life, you will suffer some things. There will be trials. There will be tribulations. There will be persecutions. But glory to God, he says, but I've overcome them all. Well, you and I can overcome them all also with the word of God. Doesn't mean you're not going to go through some things. You know, we were singing that one song that Vicki sang, that second to the last song, talking about distractions. So many distractions. And that's how the enemy operates. You, you go after and start to decide, bless God, I'm going to go after the things of God. And boom, this will happen and that will happen and, and this will take place and that will take place. He'll do anything he can do to get you away from the Word. And that's where we're going to have to get to that place where I'm going to put my body under. And maybe I haven't been in the Scriptures today. Now, don't get into condemnation if you don't get into the Scriptures. But at the same time, don't let the devil steal that from you. And it might be time for you getting ready to go to bed. You know, I haven't read my scriptures yet, and I really should do that. So, body, shut up. We're going to sit down here for ten minutes, and we're going to read the scriptures. You know, we talked about, he said over there in First Thessalonians, the God of all peace. You know where peace comes from? Isaiah says they have perfect peace whose mind is stayed 
on thee. Notice, stayed on thee. Now, let me show you something. We just got a few minutes left. I wasn't going to go this direction, but we did. Let's go over to Philippians a minute. Philippians a minute. Chapter 4. Begin at verse 5. Be careful for nothing. Oh, 5. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication and with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Isn't it interesting what Paul says here? Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication. Amplified says, do not fret or have anxiety about anything. But in every circumstance and in everything, by prayer and petition, definite requests, now notice, and thanksgiving. What's he saying? Really here he's talking about faith. He's talking about, if you and I pray, what are we going to pray? If we're going to be effective, we're going to pray the Word. That's what we're going to pray. We're always going to take to the Father what His Word says. Because His Word will not return void, but will always accomplish to do what it's sent to do. So when we pray, we're going to pray the Word. So when we pray the Word, we know that we've prayed according to His will. See, faith won't work where the will of God's not known. Oh, you have to understand that. You're going to have to know what the will of God is in every situation before you pray about it. Now, it's pretty easy on some things. Finances, it's in the Word of God we can find it. Healing, it's in the Word of God we can find it. We know what His will is on healing. But there are other things. Getting a job, where do you work, uh, who do you marry. There's a lot of things. They're not in the Word of God. So you're going to find that out by spending some time here in the Scriptures and also by spending some time praying. And again, the Holy Ghost will show you things to come. He's there to help you. He's going to help you in this. You're not on this alone. And we've got to learn to depend upon Him. Remind him, he is my helper. But notice here, it says here, so as soon as we pray, and we prayed according to the word of God, we're going to start giving thanks. What? Because we, he heard us. See, First John chapter 5, verse 14 says, this is the confidence that we have in him, or the assurance or the boldness that we have in him. That if we pray anything according to his will, or according to his word or his plan, I think the Amplified says, we know that he heard us. Then verse 15 says, and if we know that he heard us, we know that he grants these things that we prayed. Is really what he's saying. As our present possession. They're already granted to us as our present possession. As soon as I say amen, glory to God, it's mine. May not feel it, may not see it, may not know it, but the word says it's mine. So if that's the case, what am I going to do? I'm going to start giving him thanks. And that's really what he's telling us here in verse 6. With thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. Now notice something. And what happens? Peace. Peace is going to come. I've got peace. Now, you've got to understand this. It doesn't say I had peace in my head. I've got peace in my heart. That's why Mark eleven twenty three says, Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed and cast into the sea, and not doubt in his heart. But believe those things which he says shall come to pass, you'll have whatsoever he says. It doesn't say a word about doubting your head. You will doubt in your head. The circumstances are still here. If it's healing, the pain might still be here. The tumor might still be there. 
But the word is different than that. Notice what he's saying. The peace of God. Down here on the inside, you know that you know that you know that you know. But unfortunately, because of the distractions, because of the pain, because of what's taking place, it's so overwhelming, it's almost like we don't recognize that peace here on the inside. But this is, look what he goes on and tells us to do, though. And he says, the peace of God which passes all understanding, now notice, shall keep your hearts and minds. It's that peace that's going to keep you steady. But notice what he goes on, though. It's not done. Finally, my brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. What's he saying? Soon as I've prayed and I've given him thanks for it, I'm going to have to keep my mind fixed on the answer, not on the problem. And that's what happens to us. Happens to all of us. And that's why I say, what are you thinking? Ask yourself that throughout the day. What are you thinking? Are you thinking about the problem? You might have even prayed and believed that you received. See, from the time you pray and believe that you receive until the time you have the manifestation, we don't know what that period of time is. That's unknown to us. And that is not our responsibility. That's his. My responsibility is to believe I received when I prayed and give him thanks. That's my responsibility. Now, from that moment that I prayed and believe I've received and I've given him thanks, I'm going to have to discipline, I, the spirit man Craig, is going to have to discipline what this mind thinks of. Uh, let's go to one more scripture and we'll close here for today. Let's go to um, 2 Corinthians. There's one area in the body of Christ. If we in the body of Christ can get a hold of this. And this isn't something that, that you just visit today. This is something that you're going to feed upon all the time. I don't care how mature you are. I don't care how long you've been in these things. You will deal with this. As long as you walk this earth, you're going to deal with this. No matter how well renewed your mind is, you're going to have to deal with this because you've got a will. And there's an enemy out there. Now look at here in verse 4, uh, verse 3. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. Really, we could say, though we walk in this physical body, or though we, we walk by these five physical senses, we do not war after the, after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal or natural, we could say but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Now notice, we do have some weapons. Glory to God for that. We've got some weapons. But notice, mighty through God to pulling down strongholds. He doesn't stop there. Now he's going to tell us what the strongholds are. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, or we could say the Word of God. The strongholds are the images or the thoughts that you have that are contrary to what you're believing God for. If you're believing God for healing, the stronghold is going to be, well, sister so-and-so died of that. Or medical science says you can't overcome it. There's no cure for that. Or medical science says, well, that's something that you'll always have and it'll just have to be there, but you can medicate it on forever. I'm not saying medications are bad. If you need to do it, do it. But not forever. All things are possible. All, all things, get that? All things are possible, he said in Mark. All things are possible. What? To him that believes. All things are possible to him that believes. 
But see, we're going to have to do something here. We're going to have to cast down those images, every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, now notice, and bring into captivity every thought, every thought to the obedience of Christ. So, once we have did what we talked about over in Philippians, once we prayed the Word of God, once we give Him thanks, that peace of God comes on the inside of us, that peace beyond all understanding is down here on the inside of us. From that moment on, we're going to have to watch our thought life. You'll catch yourself thinking on the problem when you least expect it. We are so trained and custom to thinking negatively that we think on it and we don't even realize that we're doing it. And that's where you and I have got to check up on ourselves. Because what will happen if you don't is you'll begin talking about what you're thinking about. And that's what we don't want to happen. Matthew says in Matthew chapter 6, take no thought saying. Really what he's saying is that if you speak words, you're taking ownership of the words, good or bad. So really what he's telling us here in 2 Corinthians, he's telling us once we prayed and believed, and even if you're not praying for something, you know enough what the Word says. Take those thoughts captive. Catch what are you thinking. Think about what you're thinking. Then take the Word of God. That's how you take them captive. You take the Word of God and speak to that, but do it out loud. Now, if you're, if you're in a group of people, you don't want to do that. Because your faith is between you and God. It's not between you and them. Your faith is between you and God. But if, it, but if it's someone that, that, that knows you and knows how you believe, and, and is a fellow brother or sister believer, then go ahead and do it. Or when, but when you're by yourself. But you can, still, you can still discipline your mind and underneath your breath say, no, 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 the Word says by His stripes I'm healed. No, no, the Word says I have the ability to be able to do that. Maybe not in my own ability, but it's in Him. It's in Him that I live, move, and I have my being. It's in Him. I'm here for a specific reason, for a specific purpose. Once you find out what your purpose in life is, and most of you are walking in your purpose, at least to some extent. But listen to Him. Listen to that voice on the inside. Be directed by His Spirit in whatever you do. And what's He going to do? He's going to lead you into all truth. He's going to bring all things to your remembrance. Glory to God. He is your helper because you are more than a conqueror. You're an overcomer in this life. And He wants to see you and I overcome in every area of our life. Now, we'll pick up on this next week. Glory to God. Thank you for your time. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Glory to God. Get rid of those distractions.
Reverse signs are kept in the usher room, but it's the reverse signs for the sanctuary. Right. So someone must have 